Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Spinning Goods Podcast. I am Bing Bang Bong, Lee Bradley. <laughs> and I'm Bing Bang, Bang Bong, Bong. <laughs> Jack Carolyn. UK hand. Oh, uh, I went a full hour without even thinking about that. I'm sorry, but I just had to because it has been like ingrained in my brain and I, I just can't stop like it was the when, where was I I was like out in public somewhere and it, it slipped out of my mouth and I was like <laughs> you gotta you gotta shush because like that is not for public sing sang song uh, you know what I mean you like, already don't <laughs> have hers the public Seriously? is not the place for banging banging or banging bitch and then I've, I saw on Twitter the other day it was like and it, I think I think it might be this but someone post, posted um is UK Horn the new Regi Roadshow? I'm like, I think it might be. It's it's like I think it's like the the other drag race song to really like take <clears> off <throat> and explode like that has. Yeah. It's it's brave words. I mean UK season one, I genuinely thought when Break Up Bye Bye came out, that th- here this is the difference. Let me retract. This is the difference. Fucking Wait, what, what was that song I just said? Break Up Bye Bye. Mm-hmm. That is an actual good song. This yep. Bang Bang Bong UK Hun is a terrible song, but it is engraved into my zeros and ones. I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop singing it to the point where it brings me joy. And nothing short of joy. The things that the only the only thing that I sing is that whether you're he she or them that's all I ever do is mm. Bimini's verse is the only one I I do and remember. But um the thing is though um break up bye bye was like thirty six of the UK charts, but UK Hun was number four. So like so yeah, the, which is the bigger banger? That's it. UK Hun is clearly the bigger banger because I think break up bye bye only got because I looked this up actually um yesterday and it got to number ten. But it was there for one week and then fucked off and went. <laughs> she really went bye bye. Bye bye. But with UK Hon, she is here for a long, 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 long time, honey. It's just and gonna she... be. It's one of those that just it just will never go. It's now. And she should be entered into the Eurovision. Oh, hundred percent. But then you got to think. But can they all sing that live? I don't no. think they can. So they might have to lip sync it. But saying that. Like back in the day, there used to be when when Eurovision in like I remember definitely in the in the nineties when when Eurovision was like super super gay. You're talking like before um, fast food rockers, but like it was in the nineties. That was the height of how gay Eurovision Who, really, hold really on, was. Hold on, hold the phone. Who the fuck is fast food rockers? Fast food. They were um a uh, pizza hut. Ah, uh, 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 fried chicken and a pizza hut. Yeah. Um, like that's the they're the really gay ones as well, but like that was two thousands. But yeah, the nineties were definitely your original was the height of how gay and like flamboyant because they had like loads of like um trans performers, loads of drag queen performers. Like it was just like just the yep. campus time and then slow then slowly it's kind of just it it turned a more like serious we're gonna try and make your original like it's like more serious artists and I think now it should like just camp it up a bit because like it's only really gays that watch. <clears throat> Let's be honest. It's it's the it's, gayest thing in the world. It's Eurovision. I mean, the only person to ever get a career out of it was ABBA. Anyone else kind of just had a one-hat wonder. I'm looking at you. Um, you, Lorraine. Lorraine. Lulu. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Lorraine. Lorena. Is it Lorena? Lorraine. Lorraine. Lorraine, but she only had one song, so that's not a career. And that one song was the song from Eurovision. It was the same as Tattoo. We had all the things she said, which mm-hmm. is to me the best Eurovision song of all time. Still they a one hat wonder. Yeah, they were. That's how they started. With that song, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never I knew know. that. The things you know, eh? Homophobes as well. <laughs> no, they are. They're, Do, they're really I know. homophobic. Really homophobic. Yeah. Um my also other favourite entry was of course um Dustin the Turkey, who was Ireland's entry um years ago. So Ireland has its own version. It's like RTE, which is like BBC. And every mm-hmm. morning we'd watch Dustin the Turkey, who was a hand puppet. And he'd be like, hurry, dears, <laughs> Dustin the Turkey, how are you? And he was like, and then he went on as an yeah. act on Eurovision. Yeah. And that was magic. Oh, wow. Exactly. No, my, do you not remember um, Javine doing, touch my fire, can you That's right. That wasn't so camp. That wasn't that long ago, surely not. And what's the face? Was it Gina G? That was uh, Eurovision. 
Gina G? Yeah. Um, Singer. Uh, oh my god. Uh, um, you don't ooh, even. Uh, you... Just a little bit. A little bit. You know what I'm doing. You have me hyped, <laughs> pumped, lit, buzzing for either a night out or a yard fishing night. Give I know, it to me, baby. Right? Give it to me, baby. Well, unfortunately, we're not here to talk about any of those things. No, unfortunately. we are not. No, ma'am. No, we are bringing news once again for another week of us being silly fools. But this week... Just like the other ones, we celebrated LGBTQ plus History Month and we thought we'd give a week and represent Black History Month and teach these two little skinny gay white boys a thing or two about some black cinema. Hanny. Yes, although I'm not that skinny anymore. So but I'll take that. I'll take that compliment. Bitch, and yes. Wrong with yes, it. I am currently a size zero. <laughs> Plus your, some ones. Plus some your, ones. <laughs> in your um, juicy, juicy tracksuit. No, uh, actually, do you know, funnily enough, about me doing Bing Bang Bang, I'm actually wearing my um, UOK Hon jumper. You know that pink one that I've got. Oh my god, <laughs> that's right. Head of the curve. But, but the thing is, that I feel like I can never wear this out in public now because I feel like if I did, people are gonna think that it came from this that. Is, yeah, and I, so I'm like this. It's forever will be an inside jumper. It can never be an outside jumper anymore, which is a shame because everyone's going to think you're that bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember when you had it, and we'd be out and people. About years. I know people loved it. They ate it up with a knife and fork, compliments the house down bed. Okay, and I'm like, yes, thanks. And now what and you're going to get is all, like, and and I, I I like doing that because it would always because they always expected me to like react differently and it, it and i like the fact if i anytime i said it and i go yes thanks it would shut it down and they didn't know how to react because they either thought i was going to be like oh get over it or something else so baby go and be like yes thanks and i used to do it really quietly really like yeah cool they'd be like um uh, and it, it would really fuck with their minds and i'm like uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and now anytime anyone sees you wearing that jumper all you're going to get is Bang, 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 see, bang, 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 bang. But again, <laughs> we're not here to talk about Eurovision. Nope. We're not here to talk about UK horns. Nope. Nope. We are here to talk about our choice of Black History Month, which we thought we would have and throw it back to the late 90s and talk about Tales from the Hood. That is right. Yeah. And... Tales from the Hood is an anthology horror that's split up into four stories about police brutality, domestic vi- domestic violence and child abuse, racism and black-on-black violence. These are told through the narrative of a local mortuary owner trying to scare three drug dealers straight with each tale having a moral. Wow. Beautifully yes. poetic. Beautifully, beautifully, <laughs> okay, beautiful for me. <laughs> Oh, my brain cells, I can't take it. So, I think given that this is an anthology series, or not an anthology, but a series of sort of essentially short films kind of Mm -hmm. pieced together, I think the best way for us to tackle this and to keep a sort of consistency is for us to just take it tail by tail. I'm going to call them tails because that's what the film wants me to call them. Mm -hmm. And we'll just go through them fuckers one by one. Beach. And then we've got like we've got like the sort of like bookends at either end because you know it starts off and even with the starting off point, like the titles are just pure nineties. So like straight away oh. you're like, oh, oh, all, all like it just it washes over me like just smooth honey. Anything like nineties, I'm like, oh, just like music Bitch. to my ears. It just like the oh. aesthetic. Now just, I wrote oh. this, and this was the first note that I had, and it will be the best note that I have. As I am mm-hmm. loving for the nineties aesthetic. I love yep. that like overgrown, like you not know, large, um, like tartan shirt or do you know like check shirt? Ooh, I the wanted every oh, yes, God. I wanted and every got... piece of item of clothing, including the one from the fucking crap keeper. No joke, I'm looking at literally four plaid shirts in my wardrobe right now. Like, you are that bitch. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am that bitch. I wear my nice clothes like on the daily. 
Um, but like, I'm gonna say this, and this is like, this is a compliment, but it might sound not like a compliment. But I felt like watching it. It gave me like R-rated, like Goosebumps slash Are You Afraid of the Dark slash Tales. What is it called? Um, scary stories. No, st- scary stories to tell in the dark. Like it yeah. gave me those vibes, but like an R-rated version. Yeah, yeah. It was. I think that's probably the point. Or at least yeah. in some way, shape, or form, because it, it does feel like it's a play on the whole Tales from the Crypt, it's Tales from the Hood. Um, and then it's almost like at the start, it's a part of me felt like that it was going to be a lot more like of an enjoyable watch. It kind of sets yeah. you up almost for like something that could be like entertaining. And in a way, the film can be entertaining, but I do not think it sets you up for how like tough of a watch that it actually could be i was shocked when i found that it wasn't like a light-hearted you know what i'm saying i thought it was gonna be more like black comedy yeah Yeah. it definitely it definitely kind of presents itself as a black comedy but as as you get into it more you're like oh no actually this is quite a rough watch however there's also this very like jovial like wink wink about it as well like it kind of it knows that it's not that there's some points that like aren't too serious and are like a bit heightened level and a bit of a comedic touch to it to kind of like keep you entertained you know because i imagine in 1995 the creators were like right okay we're doing like black stories and so like how do we get people to 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 still watch and carry on watching we need to give some form of like entertainment to these you know hard hitting stories and I think I feel like they did it really well because there are moments where you're laughing where you feel like should I be laughing at this but I am laughing at this yeah I mean 100 and I think you're you had the nail on the head because they each story like at the heart of it has such a heartbreaking and harrowing like narrative mm-hmm. like the the bones of the story that they're telling is very much relevant now as i'm sure it was back then oh, in 95 yeah, yeah. and they will coat them in like different layers so you'll get a layer where it's like disturbing and like unnerving and then you'll get like a layer where it's like a bit goofy and yes. it's like as you said it leans a bit heavier then into perhaps like a comedic value but it's it's almost like a gobstopper you know what I mean? There's just all these different <laughs> yeah. layers. Um, yeah. yeah. And yet you can still throw the bitch and she'll knock you out. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is... 100%. Yeah. And then um, when it's, it's when it's set with like these, it, the setup is kind of weird because you're like, why why are these three guys going to a mortuary? I mean, does it, and then you realise, oh, they're there because the owner of the mortuary is putting like an ad somewhere like, or, or he's let them know somehow like, oh, I've got a, I found a bunch of drugs. Do you want them? It's like, yeah. wh- why would you even, if someone goes, hi, I own this mortuary and I've just found some drugs. Do you want them? Yeah, do I'd you like, want them? Uh, no, I don't. And <laughs> never call this number again. Lose this number. And if I catch you anywhere near me, I'm going to call the, well, I won't call the police. Yeah. <laughs> it probably wouldn't work in this film. But yeah. Because yeah. pl- police brutality. But, you know, I might, you know, cut a bitch. So, like, back up. Yeah, exactly. Or I'll say, <laughs> yes, I want the drugs. But I'm not going to answer a number on Craigslist of he's trying to... Yes. From someone that owns a funeral home. Yeah. Bitch. But then you, but you, yeah. have these th- you have these three characters, these three guys, they're drug dealers. But they, they, they're... They're like horror stereotypes, aren't they? Or they're like these kind of like moral story stereotypes because you've got, you've got the angry one who's just who's everything he says. He's like angry about everything. He's angry that he got out of the car. He's angry that he's here. He's angry he's at the front door. He's angry at this. He's angry at that. Yeah. And then you've got like the goofy one who's like who just thinks everything's like a massive joke. And then Mm -hmm. and comes across as a bit like not like dim like the dim-witted one like the simple Simon out the yeah, yeah. type of thing then you've got the, the other one who's like the more serious like just shit scared of everything and then they're kind of like the three like tropes sort of thing and they, it's, they like, kind of it's like, like three stooges sort of yes they, like three musketeers type thing yeah, that kind that of that are just yeah. presented in this horror scenario which yeah. we all know in horror films and historically black characters calling out when you know their discomfort when they're in a horror scenario and they go we're not stupid we're going to run yet here's these three characters that are so stupid they enter in do you know what i mean this (laughs) creepy like 
funeral home willingly. It's like I feel like that was definitely somewhat of an intention. You oh, know what 100%. I'm saying? Well, they're they're looking directly into the lion's eye and going, yeah, we're gonna keep walking into the lion's den, even and it's gonna be fine. Square, yeah, square <laughs> in the face of a lion. Although I um I loved um I loved the line of the the um the mortuary owner said oh you'll be knee deep in shit because they keep, they keep saying oh where's the shit where's the shit he's like oh i've got all the shit you'll be knee deep in shit and i was like there that, it is that to me i was like that's got a double meaning because i'm sure later on down the line we'll figure out that that oh yes they'll be they'll be knee deep in shit oh yes for real and well you want it you're to gonna it, get it yeah they will be and that's <laughs> and that's <laughs> what like we've seen enough anthology films or at least any of the good ones Anything they open with, because what you normally see is the opening, the start yeah. sort of segment, and the sort of bones they carry through, you know, the sort of characters that carry on the narrative. Something always happens to the fuckers at the end, and it always ties up into. So as soon as I seen them at the start, and I knew that they didn't have their own story, I was like, you gonna get yours, bitch. <laughs> you gonna get yeah, yours. They're gonna but, be a story. Yes, no. That moves us on to the first tale, so tale one, which is Rogue Cop Revelation. Or yes. Revelation, Revolution. Revelation. That's the one. Um, what was your thoughts on this one? I mean, the whole cop scene harassing the black guy, it's just it's just so relevant. Like it was just yeah. as relevant then as it is now and it's like it's and especially everything that happened over the summer it's like how this was 20 odd years ago and like this is exactly what's happening today nothing's and it's changed like, we haven't moved past this and it's like what what is it gonna take like on like see like what is it gonna take i, I really like, don't know that was the alarming part as and it, even the first note that i had was that like for the very first sort of tale that we had this is a very hard one and it's very on the nose straightforward doesn't sort of pull any punches or any bullshit it's like yeah this is the story this is how yeah. this horror story is going to start and what really alarmed me was when i was watching it, i was like this was made in the mid to the late 90s how long ago was that and here we were in 2020 all over the news was the exact same sort of story i mean do you know what I'm saying? I was like, that is such a huge time jump. And these stories are still relevant now. And that's why when I was watching it, I was like, that is like, it's like brilliant thing to watch because it's it's so relevant. Yeah, and this is this is what, four years after the, you know, the famous, like, you know, the Rodney King beat in 91, where that, that inspired, well, there's all the riots after that, and that was a big movement, and you thought that was a big thing in the 90s. And it's like, this is four years after that, and you think... You think now that that we may have moved forward, and even an inch, but we but yeah. we really ha- we really haven't. Like it's it's like history, especially American history, just constantly likes to repeat itself. Like it's like yeah. they just never fucking learn. Yeah, exactly. And then, and- and then then that scene plus the background music as well um, was really powerful. I thought. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it was. It was hard to watch, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's 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 such a drastic change in the tone from the sort of the intro, sort of pre pre tale mm-hmm. pre segment, and I think that's the sort of shift that you need because we're immediately reminded that this film has a voice, it has a purpose, it has a reason, and it's supposed to evoke these emotions and make you feel and think a certain way. Which I love that complete shift because I was shook. 100%. that that was like the first and then i got it i was like as soon as i seen it and that first one within like the first five or ten minutes i was like i know what sort of film this is going to be you know what yeah. i mean i was like and, i get it yeah and i will say this though like the 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 acting from the cops i found a, like a little on the soap opera side they were they seemed to be and i don't know if this was intentional but they seemed to be like a caricature of that type of police officer oh yeah but i don't don't know if it was like if that was a choice or if it was because this was 1995 you know i'm going to put it down to age so sometimes it's hard you know with these films that are like 20 odd years 30 odd years old it's like it's 
sometimes you're thinking, right, okay, is this intentional? Is this bad acting? Or is this, like, acting of the time? And it's, it's the, there's always a fine line, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe when I was watching it, I I felt like it's not, like, a deliberate character choice because yeah. it's it's clearly not a film that was made by, you know, on a Hollywood budget. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've got a budget, yeah. but you knew that this wasn't, like, MGM Studios pulling this one out of the bag. It was... So then when you kind of get those, like, actors, I found them to be quite, like, camp and fuck. They were hamming it up. Cheesy, as you like, but... 100%. I mean... You know what then, I mean? But I did like the artsy vibe of this tale, because I, I did find, like, the, there was a lot of choices that were kind of more on the artsy side than... And which I thought was wasn't going to be a way this would go so that mm-hmm. was kind of a nice surprise yeah i mean it is that's the thing like it does have a certain style to it and especially the music like the same sort of score carries on sort of throughout and i what we just said i love that like 90s vibe anyway and the, the, mm-hmm. the music and the way like how aesthetically it looks i was here for it mm-hmm. i was living my oats consider them being felt bitch yeah and then we've got you know these cops harassing this black guy who's uh, is, is a governor and he's trying to get these these this group of like dirty cops off the street because they're dealing drugs so they've gone out of their way to like you know we're gonna get this guy on this one particular night you know they um they uh they decide oh we're gonna get him beat him up they kill him plant drugs on him inject him with drugs and then while yeah. this is you know there's all this, this other black rookie cop who sees all this and then we kind of jump to like a year later and the rookie cop is like, he's quit the force and stuff. And, you know, he's like, he's on a real downward spiral. He's drinking a lot and he keeps hearing yep. voices of this, of the, um, the, dead the dead governor. Governor, that's what it was. Yeah, and I kept thinking the entire time I was like, "Ooh, I cannot wait for these cops to get their oh, just like get the justice." And I have is, never. And this is like a running a running thing throughout this film, and I kind of feel like I wonder how cathartic it must have felt for like the creators and people, the black people that were on the on worked on the film and watched the film to kind of like see even even though it's fictional to see these people you know treat black people this way but but also they get some form of justice for it you know or get yeah come back i wonder how that must have felt oh as you said cathartic because yeah the, even though it's they're like the police characters could be perceived as like almost caricatures of villain police mm-hmm. there's no denying that like some of the stuff or all the behavior of them has definitely happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, a, one part of me thought it was like, other oh, caricatures of villainous policemen. And I was like, but there's nothing to say that this hasn't actually happened, especially because you essentially have the one main cop who's the biggest, Ugh. you know, tat of them all. He's the he's the OG of the bastards. But then when, yeah, when, he, when it, he starts pacing on the grave, I was like, oh, oh that just and that's that it. just really I was so angry. And, and it, like And it's I that could... scene. It's it's that scene that you see where you have that sort of other side character that he forces him to have a piss. And mm-hmm. that's when it really had something to say about the police when it was like, you know, there's another officer that's more or less a bystander who is guilty in his own right, but then when pu- pushed and under pressure from the other white police officer, he's going to go and do the exact same thing with, like, no regard or repercussion, you know? And that's what I was like. I felt like they had it down to a T. Anyway, like, they were making these guys look like villains. And to see, like, his balls get grabbed and then pulled down into the depths of hell, I was like, this is so satisfying. (laughs) And then what was even more satisfying was, like, I love to see the cops squealing like little pigs and excuse the pun. <laughs> Once he grabbed him by the wall, I was like, give it a They squeeze. were just squealing and running away, and I was like, that's what you get. You think you're big hard men now, but like one, you know, <laughs> one little taste of your own medicine, and you're like, <laughs> and that's and that's what was good. Is I loved that, it, you know, it had a point, it made a point, but then it was not scared to just like completely throw itself into the hard pool, and then yeah. resurrect the govern as this like fucking undead ravenous you know zombie he's just completely out for revenge and then it just goes yep. 
full on horror film and I was loving And he like literally you know... just goes, he just goes ape shit and he keeps popping up in the back of the police car where they're trying to run away. And then you get the moment where he just literally swipes off the the main dick of a cop's head off and just like dangle it in the air he's like ah, and he's like yes yeah, <laughs> you get yours get all of yours and then you get got all the other guy and this is this is where it kind of turned a little bit like like it kind of shifted into like a bit of i think it might be because it was in, in the 90s and made in the 90s but you know where you got the the final cop left and he's kind mm. of running around like skid row and he's kind of going a bit crazy and he's like pointing he's like because like because the big mur- mural of the guy that um the governor that, that was killed and he's going i killed him we killed him he's going crazy and crazy and crazy and it's like that to me it was giving me um have you seen the film ghost uh no Oh, okay, so there's um well there's a you should watch the film Ghost. It's really good. Um, well it was giving me a kind of like ghost vibes because in that film, uh, Patrick Swayze is killed. Um, he's framed by his best friend, not framed, but like his best friend like kills him because he's like doing some money laundering in the company. But the guy who kills him later on gets his comeuppance. But like there's a scene and it it's it was very similar because like this guy that gets killed in Ghost was like acting a fool like whilst he was like you know being taken away and like being yeah. Like, uh, taken away by all these little demons um and it was kind of a, a little bit similar to that it was like a parallel to that i was like oh that gave me kind of that vibes but then um when um the cop was like was like rolling around the floor and the little zombie guy was picked up those needles off the floor i that made me laugh because it was just so it was it, it was it, it was the it one that flies under his mouth yes <laughs> that was re- it, was, it was really comical <laughs> and just super 90s i was like yeah this I'm sure this would have done well back then, but now it it just didn't age well. But it it, it, nah, it no kind of it took me out of the scene a little bit and kind of made me laugh at it when I'm like I don't think I should be laughing, but like it gave me the teehee moment. And then that's it. But, but it did turn into what I thought was a really cool moment because when he's like he's like against the wall and like the needle the drugs needle goes into his mouth and he like disintegrates into the wall and then then he's now a big mural and I thought that was yeah. really. A really cool idea and like that's done I mean. really really well there's Super like cool. the ideas are 10 out of 10 there yeah the execution <laughs> on the ideas are yeah. not the fucking tea i mean that moment yeah. was probably supposed to be the most serious thing ever Meryl yeah. street tried to get an oscar for it <laughs> and it was like i don't even know what the fuck that was flying in his mouth it took me ages to even realize there were needles Bitch, I think I even just learnt it being on this podcast. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it I was just... almost like you could see like the strings pulling because you know the way you like the I mean? needles like they lifted up in the air. It wasn't like the like levitated straight. It was like they went the like flick ding 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 in the air. You know what I mean? It's like they were like <laughs> switching, they were, like switching up and down, like like uh... <laughs> a string that would be pulled by a string. Yeah, unevenly. Um, it, yeah, it was very that. And then um, you know, then that cop's dead. And then the little the the zombie governor was uh, you know giving it to the the rookie cop who like you know kind of like led them all to their death sort of thing. Yeah. Then to find then to switch and find out that um, you know obviously that didn't happen in real life. But what actually happened was the rookie cop just you know went into complete depths of depression and just completely lost it. And he's the one that killed them all. I liked that like little twist of it. Yes, I agree because, bitch, we love a good twist and a turn and a good and a gag. The house down, Mama Boots, and, and that that's was the moral a... of the story, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. And I was just here for it. But again, I think the most the best thing about that, while it was all kind of shoddy presented, perhaps saying it nicely, it was still like a brilliant way to sort of start off the film. You know, like the, yeah. for the yeah. first tale to be that, I was like, yes, God. You've got me hooked. Hook, line, and sinker, bitch. Sink oh, me, 100%. mama. It definitely packed a punch. 100%. That she motherfucking did. Now, moving on to tale two, which is boys do get bruised. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to give a little brief synopsis on this one, mama? Yeah, well, this one is just the case of, you know, a uh, little boy goes to school, doesn't he? And he's got bruises and he's, been, he's new to the school. He's being picked on. His teacher sees he's got bruises and decides to, like, try and help him, steps in, and then all shit, you know, kicks off. And I've got to say, this 
the teacher really pissed me off the entire time because he had no business. <laughs> he 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 caused all of this. I agree. Like, he caused every every single moment of this. I mean, and the thing is as well, going I, I did like it though, but going into it, like the teacher should have known because he was, because you know the kid, you know, was when he's asking the little boy Walter, like, oh, you know, who's who's giving you these bruises. And he's like the monster, and like, the, and the way he was talking, and like what we know from like in it. I'm not a child psychologist, but even I know that like enough to be like, oh, that kid doesn't mean there's an actual monster, even though in his in in the kid's imagination you get to see that kind of like play out, like you know when you, when you see him in his bedroom, yeah, and like there's a there's a monster growling at the door, like banging on the door, and in his mind he's he's a child, that's his imagination, but obviously it's not a real life monster, it's his stepdad that's you know abusing him and his mom. Yeah. But, like, the teacher should well know, being a teacher, and, like, you know, like I said, I'm not a child psychologist, but even I know by him saying, oh, the monster, he doesn't mean a monster. He means that, you know, s- someone in his life is... Beating the know, shit out of him. Beating the and, shit out of him. And, and, and what he means is... Monster yeah, and what mind. he means is, don't go to his house and provoke every <laughs> adult that's yeah. in it because you're going to yes. cause shit even more. I mean, the teacher... I was like, he pissed me the fuck off. And then I was like, you're cute though, but you're ang- you're getting me angry, but you're yeah. cute. And, and I, then I, I, did, I, I, I really, yeah, I really liked it when, um, when Walter was like in the classroom and he was like drawing all the little, like the monsters and stuff and drawing like the, the little boy that was bullying him and the teacher was like, oh, what, why are you drawing all this? And he's like, oh, well, you know, my mum said that I should draw you know was it a, a friend no a friend of my a friend of mine told me the girl a girl in class told me that oh, her, her mom said if you draw what scares you it give, it doesn't you know it re- like releases the power it has on you and i thought yeah. that was re- that was really powerful and nice way to do it and then we learn from that the kid walter drew all this stuff and then he like he scrunches up the the picture of his bully at school then what happens the little bully okay, right. fa- <laughs> yeah falls down the stairs and like break breaks every bone in his body and i'm like oh that little boy walter with the freaky little like drawing powers <laughs> like you get it you you get your you payback little boy like get it yeah you fucking get it walter i mean there's a few people i'm like walter come here draw this fuck over here and let me thing- tear this bitch up exactly and then you know what angered me the most is like the teacher like overstepping his boundaries showing up unannounced at at the home and i'm glad i'm glad that that bird shit on his shoulder because i'm like that's what you get for showing up and pretty much causing the mum get a beaten up and the little boy getting chased around and beaten up and that's what you deserve the bird shit on your shoulder for this because you you caused that this whole massive scene um well i mean that's probably good luck for him but it's never sure. good luck actually being shat on that's the it's the irony but, of it all i suppose yeah, and then, uh, but when he gets in, and then, like, I thought it was weird how, like, Walter's mum was, like, at first was, like, super flirty with him. She was, like, overly flirty and, like, was sort of, like, pressing herself against him while she was, like, cleaning his shoulder. Even though after one wipe, she was done. But she was, like, <laughs> she was giving that shoulder some, like, real rubs. She was, like, rubbing yeah. and rubbing. I was, like, she was a horny girl. Yeah, oh, and she then, was a horny girl. But the thing is, though, when the when the when the stepdad comes home and he's like, Oh, I was honking the horn and why weren't why didn't you open the door for me? I was like, Um, who the fuck are you? And then it took me like literally two seconds to realise that I was I it kinda took me out of it for a moment. But um the guy that played the um the stepdad plays the police officer in Jumanji. See, I didn't make that connection and I can't even see his face now. Um what do you not remember in Jumanji where he's on where the police officer is like he's on the car door handcuffed and he's screaming at the um, oh, the alley- <laughs> yeah, do you remember yeah. yes right <laughs> and all all this in that film is scream at all the creatures I think it's so funny isn't it? Um, <laughs> and then here is the complete polar opposite of him being yeah, like this no, bad no it was literally a, a complete opposite I thought and I saw him and thought oh, Jumanji but then uh, after that after that I was back in it and I was like oh he's really good. like you know re- obviously polar opposite characters but like mm-hmm. really really well done in this. I thought he played, he played the part of like you know the abusive stepfather like really well. Mm. Though I will say this: when we get to like the kitchen scene and everyone's like, he's like he's beating up the mom, which I was like, oh, it was hard to watch. However, in the same breath, the like the fight stunts were a little bit like over theatrical. It was like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> I was like, 
okay, we're not playing Mortal Kombat. Let's yeah. chill out. No one's about yeah. to give someone a fatality. Relax. Well, actually, I think <laughs> the dad got a fucking. I, I think the dad got a fucking fatality when a son pulled out his and drew him on a piece of paper and tore that fucker and they put him in well, like, the origami. I liked it when you saw the flash of like his arm and he had the tattoo that said monster and you're like, oh, now we're all, now we're all like makes sense. That's yeah. you know, another, another reason why he was, you know, saying monster was because his stepdad literally has the word monster tattooed on him. And it, it's like, that's a child's brain, like working over time to like process the trauma of being abused. Like that is, yeah. my stepdad is abusing me. He is, you know, a literal monster and like a theoretical monster. And he also has the fucking word tattooed on his shoulder yeah. so then when when the when you know little walter gets a, gets his little piece of paper drawing of him and starts to crimple him up and he starts like his arms bending back he's like twisting turning i was like oh stepdad you are about to get it and he's like <laughs> in a he's in the little puddle of bones in the floor and he's, he's still talking and talking shit i'm like you can't say shit your bones are broken you are a mess <laughs> you're you are a puddle of a person in the in the middle of the floor you can't say shit so shut your mouth <laughs> he literally looked like a fucking do you know those things Pretzel. that you know you know those things that <laughs> girls used to make in school and it would be like you know they have like two fingers in each hand and they go up down and to the left and the right and it would be like do you know what i'm talking about it was like origami but it would be like different colors and they'd open up a bit and it would say like red on the inside do you know what i'm talking about do you mean the um yeah the do you know uh, they like Left, you have a little paper but, thing, and you're like, yeah. you're like, uh, one, two, three, four, five, and yeah. you open it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the first thing I thought of when I seen him on the floor. I was like, now that is what everyone was making with those pieces of paper <laughs> back in fucking primary school. At was... first, I thought you meant Cat's Cradle. <laughs> <laughs> no, bitch. But what, like, I will be honest with this one, I do think it's one of the weaker ones of the whole film. Just yes. because it's like, it was obvious and I know not everything has to be I had to have to be gripped and gagged by some sort of twist and I did enjoy it but I did find it was just I don't know I, maybe it was the, the noises of the monster were, or like you know what I'm saying everything was so theatrical I feel yeah, like I was it. watching a stage performance of I don't know Jesus Christ Superstar but like obviously not Jesus Christ Superstar Jesus yeah. but you know what I mean it was no, just I, I don't know no, I, I, I hear you. I think, you know, while it was dealing with, a, you know, a very, you know, tough subject and, you know, something that happens all the time, unfortunately, there was a way it was done where, like, you, it was it was very theatrical and, you know, it wasn't bad. It was just that out of the four tales, it probably was the weakest one. That's yeah. For sure. But, again, there was, there was just certain moments that I thought kind of, took you out of how serious this was like the the stage fighting where it was like whoosh, whoosh. exactly and um, um yeah yeah but i will say though it's like i think the best part about the whole thing is probably like the message that it had was you know about the paper and about the art mm-hmm. and sort of just like i was getting a complete like sort of escapism like yeah. be creative yeah. do art draw and that will be like a sort of escapism and then with that escapism will allow you to you know beat any enemy essentially and you know cancel out all that negativity and all that violence and that's what i got from it and i was like okay finally at the end i'm i got to the heart of what you know the good and all this like sort of evil the sort of focal point the light at the end of the tunnel but i just felt like everything before whilst of course it's still relevant i just thought was just a little too like on the nose, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, you are, you are right. You've got a point. It was, um, mm. it kind of for me, like lent into the the goosebumps type thing. Yeah, more. it was, ve- it was very goosebumpsy. It really, Which really I, was. And I don't, I hate to say that about about it because like it, it deals I love with such tough. No, but it, it's it's a compliment, but also not. It's like a backhanded compliment. In yeah, a way yeah. Because. It, they didn't mean it to to be like that, but because things were a bit like a bit over the top, where it probably could have pulled back a bit, and it probably would have been a bit stronger if they kind of reeled in the theatrics a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. Or not, or wouldn't... not giving the dad this like 
monster voice than when he's walking. Like, okay, we get it. It's the dad. You don't have to yeah. keep up this charade of, like, yeah. you know, putting these monster noises over the top of him. It was just I taking mean, me it, out. It was also obvious from the jump anyway. The, it, yeah. was, it, 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 it didn't give me any surprises. I wasn't... Um, gooped i i knew i knew straight away <laughs> what was i knew straight away what was going to happen i knew who it was i knew yeah yeah we just knew it yeah it wasn't it but, wasn't shocking but it wasn't bad it wasn't this bad. is it i will put my hands up right now for every single one of you juicy people and say that it is a rarity that sort of like anthology film comes along and not one of them be bad yeah. i liked let me just put this out there i liked every single one of them I mm-hmm. genuinely did, and it is one of the rare anthology films where I enjoy every one of them. But well, the I, tea I is thoroughly enjoyed this film. You know like, what I mean? Thoroughly but, enjoyed it. But the tea is is maybe like boys do get bruised. Maybe boys should have tried harder. <laughs> Period. <laughs> we're talking to you, Spike Lee. <laughs> I know we're looking at you, Spike Lee, bitch. <laughs> But yes, now let's move on to tale numero three. Now this one is called KKK Comeuppance. Comeuppance. I was going to say Computance. <laughs> KKK Comeuppance. Um, what was your thoughts on this one? Because I, I do think this was the most out there, outlandish. This was, this was really out there, but I really liked this one. It was so I mean, fun. It was really fun. I mean... You know, the premise of this one is we start off, we have this guy, um, well, it's Duke. Well, I need to get his last name because I looked it up. And um, this character is named after two um, famous um, KKK members. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Duke Metka. Yeah. And so this guy, Duke Metka, is um, he's running for some office, maybe governor of somewhere, but he's got a racist past and he's just bought um, a, a, a plantation house and um, he's trying to do sort of like damage control with his image. And we start from we see like this, this video ad of him being like, I'm an American and I'm f- and racism is dead. And I, you know, everyone live in harmony. And then like as soon as that cuts off, he's like talking out the side of his mouth saying racist shit and he's got this yeah. um this black guy who's just like who's who's trying to do damage control for him and then we find out you know he's a like serious racist piece of shit and like i hope he dies a brutal death um and um you <laughs> know the but, but no but the um the the thing is that this house um this there's, uh, there's a, a story about how um uh I don't it it well he kept calling her like vood, a voodoo one but I they didn't say that this woman was a voodoo one but apparently there was um the souls of slaves that died in that died in this house were like were uh-huh. put into these dolls right and, okay um, and, I'm and, glad and everyone, you clarified that because I yeah, didn't get so, that so yeah so it's the souls of sla- of these uh sort of some slaves that died um I don't know if it was uh if it was I can't remember if it, I'm sure it was like a a, a particular like um time where a lot of slaves died like it was like a particular incident where a lot mm-hmm. of slaves died um yeah and their souls were pointing to these dolls and no one's and it's a it's a, a myth because no one no one's ever seen or found these dolls and no one can find these dolls there's a big mural in his office of this woman sat on that on a rocking chair and she's surrounded by all these dolls and mm-hmm. um which is creepy then, as fuck yeah, really creepy. And then, um, you know, and there's like all these news outlets trying to get a, a comment from this guy, from the governor guy saying, you know, you, know, you should move out of the house and whatever. And then shit starts to go real wrong in the house. And he's being like chased by all these little dolls, little which is great. Dolls. <laughs> I which mean, is great, this one... it's great because, you know, the, it, it's really wacky and out there. And, you know, some of like the, the, special, the special effects and like the CGI is, you know, Obviously, it's 1995. It's not the best, however, and it doesn't really age well. I enjoyed well, it, though. But I enjoyed it so much. And the thing is, even though I shouldn't have laughed, but, like, the little pitter-patter of the doll's feet, every time I heard <laughs> it, I could not help myself. Yeah. I I just tee-hee-heed all the way home because it was just, like, diddly-diddly. It, it was yeah. so, so funny. It was it's so little, funny. Their it, little it Annie me, thing. It just took me out of like the the moment, the the serious moment, really, and the story behind it. But like, it was funny. You you can't deny it. The little little pitter patter of feet was like, it was it was funny. 
But yeah, this is the one though where I think that it had a serious um presence. Mm-hmm. But it had a serious presence, but like um it was like more jokingly about it, you know what I mean? It sort of was it was a lot more playful than the other ones. Um Yes. Because yeah. even now I know that the effects were not great, but there's something really enjoyable about yeah, watching yeah, these little yeah. puppet men run around and cause havoc. And I think even then they were like, this one is supposed to be the most lighthearted one. It's kind of slap bang in the middle. I, mean, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it lighthearted because the subject matter is like slave souls. I know, the, but the way I mean... it like the way it does it, <laughs> where these wee tiny like puppet master men, I think it's the one the most that like has a serious matter, but butters it up the most. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where the other ones kind of stay close to the realms of reality. This one takes it serious matter, which again is still relevant with that person that is in power in America, giving out all about freedom and equality and is very much the opposite, but yeah. then just completely buttered up in this cartoonish, like, villain chasing, which I was living in. And do you know what? My, th- my favourite thing about this one was that um, we kept seeing, you know, he's kind of getting more, like, stir-crazy as, as, the, as the day goes on in, this ho- in his house. Because like little things happen because he's, he's you know his the guy that he's got to like do damage control on his image he gets pushed down the stairs by um one of the little dolls and then um and then uh, after that things really start to you know the shit really starts to hit the fan and I love the fact that every time we keep flashing back to the mural like more of these little puppets yeah are have, gone. Es- have escaped the war and he's like and he keeps looking at the picture and he's like fuck every time he sees more of them are out and escaped and he thinks he thinks he's so clever by pinning that doll to the to the the um uh, dartboard and like shooting it and i was like what is it with white men white american men and their guns they love to get a gun and think they're like king dick with the, the bond gun, and like yeah. you're not king dick because all these little dolls they're gonna fuck you up and i cannot wait yeah <laughs> and, i will say though ever. i know i will say though that when i was watching it, i was like okay dolls keep it coming keep it coming and the more they started fading off the wall i was like i'm ready for big mama i'm ready for the woman in the middle <laughs> yep. sat on the yep. rocking chair to come and cause havoc and then we get this fucking microsoft 2003 crossfade where she just <laughs> crossfades into the room and she's just sat there smiling on a rock- <laughs> sat there on a rocking chair smiling and i was like boo i wanted her to like come out and raise absolute hell like everyone else was an interlude and she was going yep. to be you know i'm going to be the bitch that fucks she up and it was really not the case and that and I do, it was the only bit that i felt me but like wah, wah. yeah yeah 100 i got that i mean i thought the dolls themselves were like were amazing like the the craftsmanship that went into those dolls i thought they looked so cool so creative so well done um the only thing i wish that i, I wish that they'd fucked him up worse cause more all, the, all, all that it was like bite him and all over i mean that must have really hurt I can't, yeah. I can't imagine. Like, obviously, but, that, you know, that would be sore, but yeah, if you're going to give us just, someone that's as villainous... And this awful is the as he is, all of, because, yeah. because when he's walking around the house with that god, he's saying every racial slur under the sun he can think of, and I'm like, right, you're building this up that this guy is, is so awful, and I wanted the payoff for him to just, like... I don't know, like, get, like, limbs chopped off, like, eyeballs plucked out, like, give me some, like, American Horror Story shit, like, feet, mm-hmm. like, stuff shit in his mouth, like, literal shit in his mouth. Do so, please give me something like that. And all they do is, like, just nibble on him. Like, <laughs> they were nibbling on him like he was a buffalo chicken wing. I was like, no, no like he no, was, a, like, no. he was a piece of corn, like, just, like, nibble, 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 <laughs> like, corn, corn on the carb, like. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and this is, I was like, if you're gonna give us someone as hateful, you gotta give us the payoff. You know, it's yes. like if you give us like a really lovable, heartwarming character, we want our hearts to completely wrench when they die. So if you give us someone as hateful as this beast, I yeah. wanna see him decapitated, chopped up into pieces, teeth pulled out individually, one by one. You know what I'm saying? I want it I want him to be effed all the way up. Not I want the, I want this on man. like a bowl of Cheerios. <laughs> I wanted this man hung, drawn, and quartered. I wanted, like, the slowest, 
You know, you know that you know the whole rat trap where they put a rat in a bucket and heat it up and like the rat burrows in the chest. I don't want all that shit, mate. I wanted oh, like some real medieval gruesome death. That's what yeah. I wanted. Or like one of the puppets that just like crawls in his asshole and Ooh. it covered his mouth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, or all, all... all the way around. Yeah. No, no, no. You know no, what I mean? All the way around. No, and co- yeah. and yeah. come out his penis. Go yeah. right yeah, out the front. Yeah. I just, wanted something. Just fuck it, like real fuck him up. And they just, fuck. they... Don't be scared. Didn't deliver on that part, but you I know. Mean, I mean, it's a film about killer fucking beauty dolls. They yeah. could have really took it further. I mean, if you're going to go there, if you're going to just pass that line of reality and more to the outlandish, you got to go the full way, you know? Cause Don't this, half-ass cause this, it. Yeah, because this film leans into their, like, wackiness. It really, really mm. does. Like, they're not scared about really, like, being completely bonkers and out there whilst telling a really, like, powerful, meaningful story or stories you know what i mean exactly so, so you could like if you're gonna do it fucking do it like I lean into it more it. like uh because this is the perfect opportunity mm-hmm. and the best sort of stories to tell especially in the horror genre which we have said numerous times is horror movies that have a purpose and they have a reason and the horror that we see is not yes we love them but it's not just some random man he just like kills a girl that's like improbable you know what i mean yeah. it's something that can genuinely even though that can genuinely happen we like it to have like a purpose and the horror is in the character that it presented us but you know we you've got that nailed down now when it comes to the actual murder part crank it up you know yeah. what i mean give us we're the cruel audience and we demand more especially us because we are greedy <laughs> greedy 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 girls that's right <laughs> so <laughs> that's right so moving on now to the final tale of the movie and this is hardcore convert tale numeral 4BH what is your is thoughts and let me know about the premise pop the corn beach. well this one we start off with this guy and he's called in the film he's, well, he's called his, his, his street name is Crazy K but he's called Jerome and um, he he's just out and about driving. He sees this other guy. He's like, oh, like I'm gonna fuck him up. Follows him, and then gets out of his car, shoots him. And then these other three guys just come out, bust out of the house, shoot him to the ground. And then um, then cuts to he's in prison, and he gets a visit by his doctor. And she's like, right, okay, you got to, you're on basically you're in prison. You're not gonna get parole. You've got two options: either you spend the rest of your days in solitary confinement, or you come with me for like a a rehab a rehabilitation program and we're gonna like we're gonna i don't know we're gonna do some mind shit to you and like try and sort you out and he's like yeah. he's like give me that now he's like he's like it was so weird he's like doing push-ups like in his underwear it was kind of it was weird and he's like I yeah like yeah me too 100 <laughs> percent. but then but the first thing i did notice i was like oh my god that's hakeem from um moesha i was like yeah it is <laughs> and um <laughs> I was like, Hey Haki Yeah. <laughs> and then um yeah, so then um and he goes through his whole like mind control type thing. But this one um is all about like black on black crime and violence and like gangs and stuff. And I found this one to be like the most powerful out of all of them. Yes, this I think this one was the best. Uh, oh, this, really... this one was my favourite. This really hit yes. me. Especially no um yeah, so we um we get to a point well we get to a point where he's um like he's you know the doctor and this doctor she is a badass i liked her she from the is she was she was fierce she was fierce. serving she was serving looks she looks, was serving attitude. attitude she was like jerome i'm not get, taking any of your shit you either do this or i'm gonna fucking put you in social environment till the day you die motherfucker and that's be, let that be that and, um, she really was that bitch. No one can oh, touch her. No one she, can smell the bitch. hundred percent. She straps Jerome up to this chair and he's like spinning around. And we get several peen shots. I was very, very, very happy to see. <laughs> I was like, hello. Um, and it was like, it wasn't just one. It was like five shots of the peen. I was like, why is he in like a little speedo? I don't understand. But I'm here for all of it. We, so I, we don't question those sort of yeah. things. We just but be it was very for bizarre. the gay gods. That for the most part of this little te- this tale that like he was in, like 
no clothes whatsoever. And then he's mm-hmm. like strapped to a chair. And she's like, like you're like you're in a sound. What was it? You're in a sound chamber, and you don't get. You won't be able to see. You won't see here or whatever. And then he's visited by like his ghost from the past, or like everyone that he's killed. So whether it be random people that he doesn't even know, people that he's kind of you know that he thought owed them something. He had like the little girl that like he killed yeah. because the bullet ricocheted while she was like playing in the bedroom. And then you know while he's been spinning around in his chair. You see the flashback of like of and this was what was really powerful it was like it was the images of like black on black violence and like video like yeah. video clips of that plus all like the the lynching of like the 50s and like some yeah of that was, kkk footage it was it was hard to see especially when you just see like a bunch of white people just stood smiling whilst like a black man is hung and you're just like it's, this is yeah. this is just like insane it was it was almost a perfect segment to end on because it is so powerful and it's so intense it's so disturbing and you're supposed to be disturbed and if you have any sort of humanity in your body you should feel disturbed guilt Oh, you, you mean, like it's disgusting. The white guilt was too much. Oh, I was and like, then, then you like and you just recoil and you just think I, I just I was watching it going like you know like this is I I don't want to say I can't believe this has happened because I can because I've I've seen. But the you, worst I get of what humanity. you mean. It's like you you don't want to believe, and but you but the entire time you're thinking these are real images of things. Yeah, that have, that's what I things, was thinking. This isn't fictitious. These are real pictures of, that people took, and it's like this is yeah. someone's life. That's the scary and all, part. All because all because of their right, and it's just, it just. I mean, I just. I just, yeah. I, I, I just can't put myself into that mentality of of thinking that way or having those feelings. And I, I genuinely don't understand those times in, in the sense of like, it just hurts me to my core to see that, you know? And yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. Because it, it, it's, it's, it's so barbaric. Like to see yeah. these images come up was the perfect and most poetic way to sort of yeah. end that segment because what that segment is saying and the point of um that psychiatrist or that doctor whoever that cool bitch was is she's like you need to see the ways of like this black on black violence look what you're doing like you're turning against essentially your people when here is the whole line of history of yeah. why we should be united and stand tall together and then you get that montage of those like disturbing images that like I couldn't believe that they're real, and then of course I could. I was like, you know what I mean? It was to course, highlight like, that we've we've seen it. We've seen videos of police killing black yeah. people. So it's like of course, of course I can believe it. I just it just hurts my heart to know that yeah. like that this happened. But I think the most important part of it for me was how Jerome is given a platform to learn and change from all of this yeah. and change and once he says no he comes back to reality and he is blitzed lying in that ground with handgun bullets because he was not willing to change therefore this was his fate and it was like that is the most important message i think for anyone in the black yeah. community was that one and that one really there was like no jokes no sense of calm, nothing like that. It was very, very dark, and that's what it needed to be. Yeah, and I think. Film. Yeah, I definitely think that was the best way to sort of like end it because we we've kind of come up come along a journey where like you know each segment has been about something very serious and very dark, but also there's been that sort of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Like like you know sort of like there's a comedic element and this one had none of that and that's what i really liked about it and then we get to the sort of like the end the, the book end where we're back into the mortuary again and the the three guys they're like they're just kind of like and they see who's in the coffin and they they they're like what the fuck is all this and they're kicking off and their their guns are out and they're getting really angry at the at the um what's it called was it mr mr hibbs was it mr yeah hibbs? i think so uh no, Mr. Is, no, Mr. Hibbs. No, it's Mr. Sims. Mr. Hibbs. I even wrote it down. Mr. Sims. Yeah. Mr. Sims. Uh, where did I get Mr. Hibbs from? I don't know. I would have um, said yes to anything. Yeah, and then they're like, they're like, they're about to, they're about to fuck up Mr. Sims, and then um, but I, I kind of, I saw this coming from 
really i i thought this wasn't a, a, that big of a shock and especially when you get the reveal of actually uh these three guys were the ones that killed jerome i was like i saw that coming i when i saw the three people stood around jerome in his little in the tail and their voices were distorted and you couldn't see their faces i was thinking that's the three guys 100 percent the three guys see they i were... never even clued on really at all. yet so when oh. i think i was just being like a simpleton like i just like mm-hmm. i didn't even cop on to that in the slightest and then when it did come i was like because as I said before, I knew there was going to be some way that they were tied into the story. Yeah. So when it did happen, I wasn't like, oh my God, knee slapper. I was like, ah, I get it. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, I was like, okay, I knew it had to tie in some way. This is the most fitting for them to sort of slot under that scenario, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, at the start, I didn't, I didn't know where they were going to slot in, like you said, but I knew that this they were going to have something to do with it. But as soon as this the um this the hardcore convert the the full tale started, and we like I said, we saw the, those three guys come out of the house, shoot Jerome, stood over his body, and their voices are distorted. You can't see the face. I was like, that's the three guys. It has to be. And then when we then we finally see that, and then we realise that actually they're in the co- they're they're in their own coffins because they were shot right after that. And then to realise they're actually in hell. Mr. Sims is the devil. I um, loved. I thought I it was loved, great. It was so good. I Although, loved, uh, though we ended on such a strong tale and something so so like hard hitting to then actually end on this segment where it was a bit out there and wild and quirky and and wacky. It was like, uh, okay, it makes sense because like like you're a that wacky is, film anyway yeah yeah that's like when... i i i got it because yeah it was like that's what the film really presents itself as and yes the last yeah. segment um hardcore convert was really the most hard hitting just for that li- last final five minutes it's like we're still going to remind you that we can we can still have a point of view but still be that bit of a wacky um sort of roller coaster ride and it just like gave us that once again so that we weren't left of course even the idea of them all going to hell is still in itself um i don't know it's it's like an uncomfortable watch because again it could be if someone's really religious that could be their belief and that could be their reality you know yeah. what i'm saying so even that in itself is like a really dark way to end stuff but it's a lot more light-hearted um light-hearted is not the right word it's a lot more of like quirky mm-hmm. like that matches a lot of the film unlike the sort of last it's wacky isn't it that's the only, that's the only yeah. word that comes to mind is this film is real like real wacky but in the best way possible yeah yeah she's, she's a quirky queen actual... yeah she really no, is she, she's a quirky queen and i think that's where it works because as long as you have that point that the point of view down you can be whatever the fuck you want as long as yeah. you've got something to say and i definitely think without a doubt this film she had a point of view she had something to say and she was jeff manestas <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant 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 100%, so yeah you tell me now mustang what is your overall verdict on tales from the hood oh overall it is I thought it was powerful, well written, well acted. You you know for the for the for the nineties, even though some bits were very like out there and a bit wacky. Again, this film is wacky. It's definitely out there. Um, and, <laughs> and it's wacky and out there. And it's wacky. <laughs> and it's out there. And it's real wacky. And it's um, so out there. And then um, what was that other word? <laughs> it's out there as well. Yeah, and it's wacky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm wacky. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> uh, but also, it's a it's, it's good time. And, it, and it, um, uh, yeah, it it does a good job at, like, doing... At, at hitting you hard with the hard stuff and then coming back around with being real wacky. And... Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> and what... <laughs> And what would your axe wounds written be at its scene? My wacky axe wounds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hey, give it a whack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give it a wacky seven out of ten. <laughs> you, that was very wacky. But you know, Wasn't some might so say wacky? it was very, very out there too. 
Sure, totally out there. So... <laughs> I'm wacky. <laughs> oh, people are going to really hate me. <laughs> Someone continued to listen on and got to this point. They have had this turned over. They don't even know what my ex ones were because they couldn't get past wacky and out there. <laughs> well, oh, <obviously>, wacky self. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, obviously, apart from the brilliant two adjectives of being wacky and out there, <laughs> this is, as he said, this is a really powerful and meaningful anthology film that really has something on its mind. And she says it, and she says it loud and fucking clear for all the people in the back. Yes, some of the delivery of these shorts was a bit shoddy, but nonetheless, I think a good a good scrub up of this film, perhaps, yeah, could make it pop once again. And that is the reason why I'm going to give it a seven wackies out of ten. <laughs> a wacky seven. A wacky seven. Ooh, yeah. hands. <laughs> I can't turn off this lamp. <laughs> Don't be saying. <laughs> Don't make me sing. Don't be sing. Come on, Liza, we gotta go. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, go type up Blaze Manelli, can't turn off a light switch, SNL, YouTube. And also type in um, Don't Make Me Sing, SNL as well. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. We thoroughly did. It was a very wacky episode. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought it was really out there. Yeah, 100% out there. Um, <laughs> but please, please, please go follow us on uh, Instagram at... Spelling Guts Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at... Spelling Guts Pod. Find us on Facebook at... Spelling Guts Podcast. Give us a wacky little email at... Spillingguttspodcast.outlook.com <laughs> And you can even go onto our anchor page now and send us a voice message if you really want to. And I would like Tell you to. Tell us what you want, what you really, really want. Yeah, send us a real dirty message. Yeah. Dirty. <laughs> a real wacky, a real uh, wacky message. A real, it either has to be wacky or it has to be out there. Yeah. Only those two, all the above, nothing else. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm going to go take my wacky bad self elsewhere. And I'm going to take my out there self in the bath. (laughs) (laughs) I had a real wacky bath. (laughs) Let's smoke some wacky 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 wacky. (laughs) (laughs) wacky. (laughs) Some said your fashion's tacky tacky. Dumber by the minute. Yes, you are. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) On that lovely note, deuces. Bye.